Praise the Lord, everybody. Glory to God. Hallelujah. If you will stand with us. Hallelujah. We thank you for just being a part of Christ Center Church this morning. Our online viewers, we welcome you. We pray that you will just worship with us, that you will just get in tune and to lift and to praise and to honor the name of Jesus.
No more shackles, no more chains, no more bondage. I am free. Yeah. Hallelujah. Say no more shackles, no more shackles, no more chains, no more, no more bondage. I am, I am free. Yeah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Sing no more shackles, no, no more shackles, no, no more chains. No more bondage. I am free. Yeah. One more time, say no more shackles. No more shackles. No more shackles. No, no more bondage. I am free. Yeah. Everybody lift your voice and say hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's come on and give the Lord another round of praise this morning. Just clap your hands unto the Lord this morning. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. At this time, we're going to get right into a prayer request this morning. And if you have a special need this morning, our online viewers, if you have any special need this morning, you're welcome to post your view on uh, your, so our social media. Amen. We'd like to pray that the Lord touch whatever your needs are this morning and that the Lord will continue to move in our midst this morning. Amen. Praise God. If anyone in the house this morning that have a special need this morning, just wave your hand. We're going to touch and agree with you. Amen. That the Lord, whatever your requests are, the Lord will meet them this morning. Amen. Let's pray this morning unto the Lord. Father God, we love you. We give you glory and honor. We thank you one more time for bringing us here this morning to worship you and to praise you. Father God, we give you all the glory and all the honor. You're great and greatly to be praised. There is none like you, Lord God. You are the one that is and that is to come. You are the one that we worship and adore this morning. Father God, as we give you all the glory and all the honor this morning, we pray, Lord God, for every hand that raise up this morning, Lord God, that whatever their needs are, Lord God, that you'll meet their needs, O oh God. Whether, Lord God, it's physically, emotionally, financially, Lord God, we ask you to touch them, Lord God. We ask you, Lord Lord God, to heal those that are sick. Oh God, heal those that need, oh God, a special blessing. Make ways when there seems to be no way. Open up doors like never before, Lord God. We pray for our online congregation this morning, Lord God, for whatever their needs are this morning, Lord God. We ask that your will will be done, not our will, oh God. We give you all the glory and all the honor, Lord God. We worship and praise you. We thank you for this day, Lord God, as we continue to worship you. We give you all the glory and all the honor in the mighty name of Jesus to pray. And can we just give the Lord another round of applause as we continue to worship the Lord this morning in Jesus' name. Them on, write them on the tablet of 
You are the branches. He who abides in me will forever be fruitful indeed. I am the way, the truth, and the light. No one gets to the Father except that He comes through me. Let not mercy and truth say forsake. Say forsake you forsake. Let not mercy and truth say forsake you Say forsake you Say right, write them on the tablet of your heart. Hallelujah. Put our hands together. Say, write them on. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Hallelujah. Help me sing. Say, I am the way. I am the way. Say the truth and the light. The truth and the light. No one gets to the Father except that He goes through them on. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Hallelujah, Jesus. We bless your name. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your might. Trust in the Lord with all your strength. You say, lead not to your own. Oh! 
We pray that whatever you're doing this morning, the Lord will take control of whatever we are doing this morning. Amen. We want the Lord to have his way in our life. Amen. So we welcome everyone this morning. We greet you. We thank you for being here this morning. And we pray that before the services conclude this morning or this afternoon, the Lord will bless you and meet you where you need it. Amen. We thank you. Amen. Minister Henry is going to come up at this time. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. He alone is worthy. Amen. I greet each and every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. I greet our online members. Welcome. I'm glad to have you. Our members here, God bless you. Glad to have you in the house this morning. Amen. Amen. Um, just before um, the service this morning, I thought about this. The scripture, Deuteronomy 6, verse 4, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And nothing has changed from that time till now. Still one God, still the same. We, we praise him the same way, amen? Amen. Nothing new because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I am God and I change not. The Bible also says, whatsoever you do in word and deed, do all in the name of Jesus Christ. One God. Amen. So, just bear that in mind this morning as we praise God. Nothing has changed. We praise him the same way. He still saves. He still heals. We call upon him for everything. Amen. 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 It's offering time. I'm going to invite you to stand, please. Amen. There are several ways to give. We can um, go online at www.myccc.faith. We can um, use the cash app, dollar sign CCC 2711. Or we can use PayPal at Christ Center Church. We can also drop our envelopes in the basket here with the two washers in front of us here. Or we can go by Brother Jordan and um, give electronically. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, O God, you have been so good to us. You have covered us, O God. Your mercy renews every morning. Lord Jesus, you have placed a hedge of protection around us and kept us from things that we we are not even aware of, Lord. So this morning, we just want to praise you. We just want to say thank you, Lord, and we want to be obedient to your word. So we are giving our tithes and offering this morning unto you, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray that you bless those that have to give and those that don't have to give. Make a way for them so they will be able to give. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we say amen. Come forth with your tithes and offering, please.
clap your hands today and thank the Lord. God is great and greatly to be praised. Amen. So glad to be in the house of the Lord today. Good to see all of you. Amen. God has kept us and woke us up, started us on our way, and we are able to be here today. Oftentimes we take for granted that we wake up to see another day. And we don't realize that it's just the goodness and the mercy of the Lord while we are able to wake up and see another day. I was saying to someone the other day, I said, you know, we have come up with so many different terminologies and so many different thoughts because we're so much, uh, knowledge has increased, as the Bible says, and we have a lot of information, a lot more information now than we've ever had. And so we have a lot of different thoughts and it's interesting sometimes the thoughts that we come up with, but never get so smart and intelligent and filled with information that you forget where did life come from. I said, no matter how bright we get, no matter how smart we are and how we try to articulate, you know, the Bible and scripture, just get basic sometimes and says, all right, I may not understand everything. I may not know everything. But one thing I do know is life came from someplace. And the only way life can exist is because something or someone who had life had to give life. And so we need to always start there whenever we things become complicated and we start trying to figure things out, you know, and trying to wonder if, if what people are saying is that legit or not. Just ask yourself, where did life come from? Where did life begin? And if you can start with that and get the answer, the real answer to that, then that brings everything else in perspective. What they say, the foundation of the house must be a sound and firm foundation. Because if the foundation of the house is not good, when you begin to build on top of a faulty foundation, the house will fall eventually. You know that, Josh. You're a builder. And so if the foundation is not good, then it's useless to build on a foundation that's faulty. And so if we understand that the foundation is Jesus Christ, then we, we can't go wrong when we start out right. So we, we need to trust the Lord for that. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I'm glad to see everyone. We have a guest with us. Um, Kaya, is that how we say your name? Amen. Kaya Bish. Nice to have you, Kaya. Kaya came up all the way from Philadelphia. Amen. And it's so nice to have you in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. She is a guest of Sister Marsha Bailey. And we are so glad that you are here this morning, Kaya. And we want the Lord to bless you today. And um, (laughs) Kaya, this is a joke, Kaya. So let me get you in on the joke, Kaya, and everybody else can listen in. So I, I was preaching one day, and I don't know what I was preaching, but I was preaching something that I was saying, you know, when we're trying to achieve something, we put our best foot forward. And when we achieve it, we kind of treat it almost like, you know, no big deal anymore. And sometimes even take for granted what we were trying to achieve back when we were trying to achieve it. And so I teased my wife, and I said, I remember when my wife and I were in early relations, she used to buy me flowers. I could not believe it. That was the first time a woman ever gave me flowers. My wife was the first woman. I don't think any other woman ever gave me flowers. And my wife did. 
And so that was very surprising, and that was nice, Kaya. And so I, I appreciated it. And then we get into marriage 20-something years, and I ain't see flowers in them 20-something years. <laughs> so I, I, I kind of said something, because this, this pulpit, Kaya, it makes you tell the truth even if you don't want to. And so I'm here preaching up a storm, and here we go. And so I said, yeah, you haven't got me flowers in a long time. And so my wife set me in my place, and she um, she got me roses for Father's Day. So, you know, people be taking pictures on the spot. I don't know where they're coming. So, so, and then she gave me a postcard, and money was in it. I'm, I'm like, I was mouth open. You can see. I'm like, money in the card. Because I never give her a card without money in it. So I was curious to see what was getting ready to happen. <laughs> so I opened the card like, ooh, okay, money is in it. She's keeping up. So she kept up and she made sure she put me quiet about that flower thing. So I'm quiet about it. So my wife gave me flowers for Father's Day and money. So I think <laughs> 20 more years, 20, 20 something, it ain't just 20, it's over 20, 20 something years. <laughs> so probably about 22 or 23 more years, I'll get flowers, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Amen. Well, thank God. Well, we welcome you, Kaya, and we're so grateful that God sent you here this morning. And we pray before you leave, you will be blessed of the Lord and encouraged and ready to just seek the Lord even more. Well, if you can stand with me, we're going to get right into the word of the Lord. Amen. Ayani is in the house this morning. Ayani is the baby girl that we prayed for not long ago, that she didn't talk much. And um, grandma and grandpa brought her to me. And the church, we prayed for Ayani. And I heard her the other day just saying, you looking at me, mama, mama, mama. And she started uh, talking. So we are going to continue to keep Ayani in our prayer. It's so good to see her. And we're thanking God for what he has done in her life. Amen. Hallelujah. And we have a baby dedication today right after our service. And so we look forward to that. And we're going to have a wonderful time in the Lord in that baby dedication. Luke chapter 9, verse number 23. Luke chapter 9, verse number 23. Amen. My assignment here today is, you know, a lot of times God is answering prayers. Let me say this to you. God is answering our prayers and we don't realize it. Or we did not want him to answer our prayers in the way he's answering them. So we pray oftentimes and God sent us the answers to our prayers but unfortunately, sometimes we don't realize that we've already kind of um, decided in our mind, in our thoughts, what we think that answer should look like, how that answer should come to us. And so we pray, and if the answer is not coming the way we want it to come, if the answer doesn't look, Brother Darrell, the way it's supposed to look, then we kind of ignore the answer when God sends it. And I believe a lot of times, a lot of us, have received the answer to our prayers, but because it didn't come in the way that we expected it or we wanted it, we ignore it and we're walking around not responding to answer prayers. Answered prayers. I feel like that's for somebody this morning, even before I started preaching, that God is answering your prayers. 
God has answered your prayers. And today in the message that I will deliver, God will answer your prayers. It's prayers that you have prayed and God is getting ready to give you the answer. And now it's up to you to do what you need to do. But oftentimes, if it doesn't fit how we want it to, we kind of ignore it or we walk out the door and leave it right where we heard it. Jesus, help us today. Luke chapter 9, verse number 23 says, And he said unto them, or he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man advantage? This is very important. For what is a man advantage if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away? I want to pause there for a little bit. That if whatever you're trying to achieve in this life cause you to put Jesus on the back burner, if whatsoever you're pursuing in this life will cause you to just forget about the Lord or, or, or make him second in your life, then it's not worth pursuing. If you cannot allow God to remain either first or at the center of your life and be the one to order your life, if you can't pursue what you need to pursue and him being first in your life while you're doing it, then whatever you're pursuing probably don't need to be pursued. You can pursue what you need to if it's worthy or worthy without putting God on the back burner. It says here, for whosoever shall be ashamed of me and my words, of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed. Sometimes, Brother Barrett, we show up as Christians and because we're outnumbered, we stay quiet and we don't want to speak up as to who the Lord is and what his word says. Because every time we speak God's word, we get attacked because people think we're attacking them. When all we're doing is echoing the word of God. Because that's all a preacher, that's all a saint of God is. They are the echo of God. We don't come up with our own stuff. So whatever we speak it is God's word. We're just echoing God's word. And so sometimes it's going to seem like it's offensive, but it's no offense to you. I saw a letter this morning. Man, help me. I saw a letter this morning posted by a friend of mine. I guess I can call Brother Jury a friend now um, and a man of God. And this letter that he posted on Facebook, so it's public knowledge now, public record now. He posted on Facebook was from a preacher. He was the district superintendent of Arkansas. This preacher knew Bill Clinton pretty decently. Probably, I would say, pretty well. And this was when Bill Clinton was governor of Arkansas. Bill Clinton used to go to their camp meetings. Um, we're talking about now church services and at a campsite. He used to go to their meetings, and he would be in the service, Holy Ghost would move on him. They would pray for him. So he experienced the Pentecostal experience before he became president. And so he was pretty good friends with this. As a matter of fact, I know this man's son pretty good now, Brother Lumpkin. His name is James G. Lumpkin. 
him and his, I know his son pretty well, but his dad was the one that knew Brother Clinton, um, Brother Clinton, President Clinton um, pretty well. And so a newspaper, a, a newspaper writer contacted Brother Lumpkins, Pastor Lumpkin, Superintendent Lumpkin, and started asking him about Bill Clinton because the newspaper guy thought that he knew Bill Clinton pretty well. And so he went and he gave, he gave an interview on the phone about, he told a newspaper man, I said, he said, don't get too deep in thinking, you know, my relationship is really deep, but I can tell you what I know from him. And all Brother um, Lumpkin told him was what he knew of Bill Clinton's life when Bill Clinton would come to family camp, where the Holy Ghost will move on him, he will worship the Lord. So he only can give him that information. He says, whatever else you're trying to tell me about the man, I don't know that. I don't know that man. And this is what he was writing in the letter to Bill Clinton at the time. And then he put in the letter, Bill Clinton was, was, was now, um, um, he was now agreeing with certain laws that were passing. And Brother Lumpkin was writing this letter by saying, um, um, Governor Clinton, you know we love you, and you know we um, are fond of you, and we, we're grateful when you come to our camp meeting, camp meetings. And he said all that. He says, but you have to know that what you are now supporting and agreeing with, we as the church and we as the people of God that uphold the word of God do not agree with that. And so while that's your stance that you are agreeing with, and maybe one day you will become president, this is in the letter, maybe one day you will become president and, and you know, you will do great or whatever the case may be. He says, but we don't agree with those kind of things. I just so respected that because because that's what I think is wrong with how we sometimes as Christians are not able to do. We're not able to say what God wants us to say in a way that is just loving and, and, and tender and gentle and kind when we disagree. And he totally disagreed with some of those stands of President Bill Clinton back then. But that was his buddy. That was his is, is guy that came to the camp meetings. And so we, when we show up as Christians, wherever we show up at, we need to make sure we don't deny Jesus. We don't deny his word where we show up. We can communicate the word of God in tender tenderness and in love. But when we show up, we got to show up and not deny the Lord. Because he says, if you deny me or my word, then I will deny you. So we don't need to de 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 deny him. Right? And so he says, for whosoever shall be ashamed of me and my word, mm, of him shall, because when you're ashamed of something, you don't say anything. Of him shall the son of man be ashamed when he shall come in his glory and in his father's and of the holy angels. And so I want to talk to you this morning on this topic, saved by death. Saved by death. Jesus, will you help us this morning? You know the hearts of each and every one of us. You pulled on us. You got us here together according to your purpose for us, Lord God. And so, Lord, we know as we're gathered here today, you want to do something in our lives. We're not here by accident. We're not here by happenstance. It's because you, Lord God, had ordained. This is a divine ordination for us to be here today, Lord. And we open our heart because, Lord, whatever you have for us, we want it. Whatever you want to do in our lives, we want you to do it. And we humble ourselves today, 
we will give you praise and we will honor you in our actions, in our deeds, Lord. Help us today. Father, I pray that you will place me in the flow of your spirit to minister as your oracle. We ask you these things in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Saved by death. There is a term being used in the sports media today that is called old media and new media. I'm a sports guy. I pay attention to sports. I like all sports. I think sports, um, you know, is the epitome of life. And so I love sports, and I keep up with stuff. And so I saw this uh, kind of um, trending, old media, new media. This term is being used to differentiate between those who perform their media duties in an accountable way and a responsible way. They don't take sides and they ask the hard questions that need to be asked, even if it makes them and others uncomfortable. Those people would be considered old media. So old media ask hard questions. Old media does not, they, they don't refrain from asking the question because they're afraid that you're going to get offended. They just know how to ask it the right way. Then you have those media folks who are not accountable or responsible in their media duties. They have agendas. They protect their brand and they protect their buddies. They stay away from stories and questions that will upset their friends. They try to make everything comfortable and non-confrontational. They believe their opinions are the most relevant and valuable opinions. Those are considered to be new media. New media. That's what's going on in sports media. I don't know if it has gone to mainstream media, but in sports media, we have old media and we have new media. This drew my attention because I became concerned that we might start to hear some kind of uh, terminology like that in Christianity. Old Christianity and new Christianity. Because I believe that as you begin to talk to people and you begin to listen to what people have to say, you can almost get, get, get the feeling that, that, that we're kind of trending that way, that we think that, you know, there is old Christianity and new Christianity. And what that simply means is, you know, we're, we're kind of thinking that, well, you know, the way out of old Christians live for God, that was back then because that's how things were back then. But the way out we're supposed to live for God today, it's a little bit different and times are different. Let me stop there by telling you this. Christianity was established by the almighty God who became man and his name is Jesus. Jesus 
finished the work of Christianity when he died on the cross. And so the way to live as a child of God, as a Christian, those works have been established finished and done they will not be edited they will not be adjusted that's what they are as a matter of fact the word of god tells us that jesus christ is the author and finisher of our faith then the bible goes on to tell us that jesus is the same yesterday today and forever he says i am god and i change not So if we ever venture out to start to say stuff about old Christianity and new Christianity, we know that's erroneous. We know that is not godly. Because you know what happens, whatever that transpire in our world, somehow, sometimes we allow those things to sneak in to the church. Mm Mm-hmm. Today's message that I want to minister unto you may be considered, if you want to go with what we just talked about, old and new media, today's message is probably going to be like old media message. It's a message that many preachers stay away from. It challenges one to be accountable and to be responsible. It makes everyone uncomfortable, and it doesn't take any of our sides. It is not an opinion. It is facts and truth. Saved by death. We will not be saved by some of the gospel. We can only be saved by the whole gospel. There are trying to live for God today that practice some of the word, but they exclude other parts of the word. I'm here to tell you, church, get the attitude of saying, I will believe all of it. I will do all of it. I might can't do all of it all at once, but what I know how to do, I will do. And the part of it that I don't know how to do or it becomes a challenge for me, I will do everything I can with the help of the Lord to do what I have not yet done. But the worst thing you can ever do is dismiss the parts of the Bible that seems like it's too hard. You don't want to dismiss it. You don't want to act like that part God is not really calling you to do. The text we read in Luke chapter 9, verse 23 and 24, where Jesus says, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. When one deny himself or herself, when the scripture, what the scripture is referring to is it's referring to one dying to self. Dying to self may sound cruel. Dying to self may sound crazy and even impossible. But if Jesus said we must die to ourselves, that we must deny ourselves, that we must do everything that we can with the help of the Lord to deny ourselves, that we must do everything that we can with the help of the Lord to die to ourselves. Yeah. 
in John chapter 12, verse 26, the Bible says, if any man serve me, let him follow me. Watch this. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. And if any man serve me, him will my father honor. If we want to be where Jesus is, we must deny self. In other words, listen, Jesus is everywhere all at once. But let me tell you this. It means if you want the favor of God to be present in your life all the time, you have to do what God wants you to do. Many times we're trying to do what we want and we expect God's favor to show up when we're doing what we want. But that's not how it works. If we want God's favor to show up in our life, then we must do what God said to do. I've said this in the past and this... I will continue to say, Rosalie, anything my kids need that I can give them, I'm going to give them. But here's the caveat. I want to know every detail about why you need it. And if if the story don't, don't sound good, I'm digging a little deeper. Tell me some more about that. So you're not just going to get my stuff. Heard, heard me? Underline. My stuff. And do what you want to do with it. No, if I'm giving you my stuff, I need to know it's being used for the right reasons. Well, I got that from my daddy. His name is Jesus. And you and I can't think that God is going to give you stuff when you're going to do whatever you want with his stuff. He's not going to give us stuff to just waste it away. He's not just going to give us stuff to do whatever we want. If we want the favor of God to be with us, then we must follow Christ. And the only way we can follow Christ is by denying self. Church, you know what we have today? We have a self-challenge. Because if he's telling us to deny self, we have a self-challenge because none of us want to deny ourselves. Let's just put that out there right now. None of us want to deny ourselves. What you like is what you like. What you want to do is what you want to do. I don't know if you are, if you, if you have any family member or you've been around anybody that's diabetic. They can't eat certain things, but they want certain things. And every once in a while they get indignant and says, I don't care about my diabetes. I'm going to eat this and everybody better leave me alone. They do it. I'm telling you, I got one. I ain't going to tell you who it is in my family. Got one. That not going to worry about diabetes all the time. Because it is mine. I got to enjoy something. So I'm here to tell you I understand that it's hard for us to deny ourselves, But the Lord Jesus says, deny yourself. The good news is when he says deny yourself, he's not telling you to deny yourself of a nice piece of hard old bread. He's not telling you to deny yourself of ice cream. He's not telling you to deny yourself of a nice dessert, bun and cheese or something nice. He's not telling you to deny yourself of what you like to drink. He is telling you deny yourself of behavior that is ungodly. And by the way, 
He don't want you to drink alcohol. Just got to put that in because somebody said, ooh, he's okay with me drinking? No, he's not okay with you drinking. And I'll get to that if you want me to. It is said that golf is the hardest sport to master because you are playing against yourself. The greatest challenge you will ever face is self. Not the devil. We think the devil is the greatest challenge. No, self is the greatest challenge. Self enjoys money. Self enjoys food. Self enjoys recognition. Self enjoys success. Self enjoy pride. I can go on and on and on. Self enjoys pleasures. That's what self enjoys. Self will cause or self has caused Eve to bite the forbidden fruit. It was self. You go back and look at it. Good for the eyes. Uh huh. A fruit to be desired to make one wise. All pleasure and pride. And so that's why Eve indulged in that fruit. Cain's offering was worship in self-will. We can't worship God according to our will. We have to worship God according to his will. Of our three enemies to overcome, self is the most difficult. Satan and the world do not compare to the continual warfare that self is fighting. Listen to me. We have to be careful of self-sufficiency. We like to think that we are sufficient enough on our own. Nobody in this world is self-sufficient. God is the only one that's self-sufficient. No human is self-sufficient. Nothing that is made is self-sufficient. Because if it got made from the mere fact that it got made, that tells you it's not self-sufficient. We're, we're not supposed to be self-willed. We're not supposed to will ourselves. We're not supposed to live our life according to our own will. We're supposed to not be self-seekers. We should not seek just what we want. We cannot be self-righteous. We cannot decide that, oh, I'm righteous and you're not. When you are self-sufficient, when you think you're self-sufficient, you, you think you don't need anybody. Live long enough and you'll see you need somebody. Live long enough and you'll realize you need somebody. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. When you say you're self-willed, you know what what that means? I know what the Bible says. This is a big one. You know what the Bible says. But you have decided, but I just got to do this. Because you tell yourself what you have to do is more important than what the Bible says. Listen to me, church. Listen to me. I love you. And I'm telling you this out of love. Nobody, not even you, love you more than God. Not even you. Not even your birth mother. Not even, nobody loves you, not even you, more than the Lord. So every word that he's given in the scripture for us is for the betterment of our life. So 
the day that we say or the days that we conclude that, guess what? I know what God says, but I just got to do this. I know what God says, but I just got to do that. I know what the word of God says, but I just got to do this because of that. Not a good statement. Not a good thing. Because God put the word in the scripture for your betterment. And so when you decide to overlook it and do what you want, you're heading for destruction. You're heading for trouble. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. When we decide that we're self-will, we say, I know what the Bible says, and we do our own thing. When we're self-seekers, here's what we do. Listen, just leave me alone. Let me do what I got to do. I can't really worry about nobody else right now. I just got to do me. You do you. I do me. That's self-seeking. And that is the opposite of loving your neighbor. That is the opposite of honoring others. When you're self-righteous, I'm glad I'm not like them. I know what you're saying, preacher. There are people in here right now that are self-righteous. You're listening to me and you're saying that ain't for me. That ain't for me. That might be for some of them because now I'm good in that area. Self-righteous. And our self-righteousness will lead us away from God, not toward God. Denying self can be translated as let him cross himself out. Just X out all self-desires. Another translation of denying self says, ignore self and self-desires. Ignoring self-desires is the bottom line of totally following Jesus Christ. When you decide that it's not going to be about me, guess what? Then you can comfortably and deliberately follow Jesus Christ. But as long as you're playing a big role in your life, it's going to be very hard living for Jesus. I heard a man said a long time ago, Christian man, if you live for God easy, it's going to be hard. If you live for God hard, it's going to be easy. That's denying self. That's dying to self. You see, when you decide you're not that important, but God is, and my life now is to follow after him, guess what? That's living for God hard. When you are trying to live for God and you have decided, well, you know, I, I, I believe God and I believe heaven, but, you know, I got to do my thing. You're living for God easy. And that's hard because you're going to always find yourself in between two, this, in between a decision. You know, you're always going to be trying to figure out what should I do? What should I do? Because you're living for God easy. When you live for God hard, the question is never what should I do? The question is, no, I'm doing it. There's no question about what should you do. No, you're doing it. We cannot conquer self without the help of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is only with the help of the Holy Ghost can we ever deny self or act self out. Self cannot make us spiritual. Self cannot make us pray more. Self don't want to pray. You try to pray and you only can pray for two seconds. Oh, my God, you don't want me to talk about that. People are trying to be Christians and trying to live for God. And you say, let's pray. And they can only pray for 30 seconds. They can only pray for a minute. I'm telling you, there was a time where I knew people were praying for hours because they had things to lay down at the feet of the Lord. They had things to 
We got to start praying, church. You can't expect God to answer prayers that you're not praying. God will answer the prayers that you're praying. But if you're not praying, how can he answer the prayers? If we are going to deny those things in our life that are ungodly, we need the help of the Holy Spirit. Listen to me. Self is only interested in pleasure and guess what? Here's something interesting. One pleasure makes way for another pleasure. One pleasure makes way for another pleasure. If you don't deny self, if I don't deny self, self will continue to desire pleasure. And so we might say, this is just a little something here. I'm not going overboard with it. I'm just going to try to just do this thing here. You're doing what makes pleasurable, what is pleasurable to you. And guess what? When you get done doing that, you're going to say, well, that was pretty good. And you're going to want to go to the next pleasure and the next pleasure. If you don't stop at some point and says, I can't, I won't. If you don't stop, your life going to be a Life that is desiring and seeking pleasures and the pleasures of self will not please God. Uh-huh. 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 Let me show you something in the word of God that kind of gives us a clear view on what denying self means. Because sometimes we think or maybe you might think that what I'm telling you is kind of weird. But Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24, look at what it says. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. If you don't know the story, Moses was born a Jew. And the Egyptians wanted to kill Every newborn Jewish child, man child that was born because they had heard word that there was going to be a deliverer that would be born that would deliver the children of Israel out of the bondage of Egypt. And so Pharaoh says, we're going to kill every child that is born, every male child. And so when Moses was born, his mother took him and put him in a little bassinet and put it on the river. So it can float down to where Pharaoh's daughter was bathing and hanging out. And so by faith, Moses' mother knew if I put him over there, he will be saved and they won't kill him. So that's what was done. And so Pharaoh's daughter saw Moses and pulled him out of the bassinet, the basket, whatever it was, and took Moses as their very own son. So now this Hebrew boy now is in the house of Egypt Pharaoh's son and Pharaoh is rearing them up that he may be one day be king and so the Bible says now that we're looking at it in Hebrews chapter 11 24 verse 25 says choosing this is Moses choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season you want to know what it looks like? Here's what it looks like. Will you just walla walla and enjoy what the life says, the pleasures of life, or will you decide, I'm going to be a Christian? 
And I know that I'm going to be restricted from the things of this world because the things of this world, God is not is not is not going to be profitable to me. And God is 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 is, is frowns on those things because we just run into sin and do sinful things. So I'm going to live for God. I'm going to be a Christian. And I know in doing so, there are things that I won't be able to do anymore in this world. Can you do that? Let me tell you. We shouldn't have a problem doing what Moses did. Because the truth of the matter is, Moses walked away from power and riches. I don't think there's any one of us here in this church this morning that when we decide that I'm going to live for God as opposed to be in the world, I don't think there's any one of us that if we stay in the world, we're going to be rich like Pharaoh and have power like Pharaoh. So it's safe to say what Moses turned down, most of us would not have the opportunity to turn down. So the question now is, will you decide to live for God and deny yourself of what we think in the world is good pleasures? Are you going to are you going to just I can't live. for So many people have decided they won't be Christians because there's too much restrictions. You look at it as restrictions because all you ever did was sin. But God look at it as protection and provision because he wants you to live righteous. I'll give you an example. This preacher here, big drinker, used to be a big drinker. Used to be a big drinker. Okay? Since I got saved, don't drink no more. But here's my point that I'm making to you. How did drinking alcohol kept me healthy? How did drinking alcohol make me better physically? How did drinking alcohol make me better mentally? It didn't. So what I had pleasure in, it really didn't do anything for me. But I thought it was doing something for me. Why? Because it just made me free, you know, and it didn't matter. I just, you know, say how I feel. And, you know, what we say, we feel a little high, a little tipsy. That's all it gave me. But it didn't give me nothing to last long physically. It didn't help me mentally. It's just a little bit of temporary feeling like, what we say, I'm tipsy. So my point is this. What are you giving up? What are you giving up when God say give up unrighteousness, give up worldliness, give up lust? What are you giving up? There are people with liver problems because they drank too much. So we want to look at the pleasures of this life as Oh, I just need to go enjoy myself and the church is restricting me. God is restricting me. Instead of looking at God is keeping me from destroying myself. So Moses chose to live for God as opposed to enjoying the pleasure of sin for a season. Check this out. It is easy to be deceived by the temporary benefits of wealth, popularity, status, and achievements, and to be blind to the long-range benefits of God's kingdom. When you live for God, there's long-range benefits. 
when you have pleasures that you enjoy and that's what you're living for, they're a temporary good feeling that's going to leave you away, lead you away from God. How many Christians today would choose personal sacrifice or oppression rather than enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin? How many of us? Let me tell you. Faith is essential to denying yourself. You must have the knowledge of God as to who he is and trust him completely unto obedience. I believe many are struggling with dying to self today because of lack of faith. I got faith. Yeah, but you don't want to deny anything that's worldly and ungodly. Titus 2 and 11 says, For the grace of God that it bringeth salvation had appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. And so the deal is, we think the grace of God means we can do whatever we want and God will forgive us. But the grace of God here in this text says that because the grace of God had appeared to us, it teaches us that we need to deny ungodliness and we need to deny worldly lusts. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Verse 13 says, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good work. We must die to ungodliness and worldly lusts. Again, God is not telling you that you can't eat ice cream. He's not telling you you can't eat oxtail and rice and peas. He's not telling you that you can't eat sweets. He is saying, deny ungodliness and worldly lusts. That's what he's telling you. We need to die to anything that is ignited within us by pride, by lust, and by revenge. There are some things that, that, that we, 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 we start having pride and, and, and we start having lust for things and revenge. We've got to ask ourselves. The things that we desire, is that a prideful thing? Is that a lustful thing? Or is that a revenge thing? Come on, think about it. The things that you're desiring, prideful, lustful, revenge, worldliness, what is it that you're desiring? Because if, it doesn't, if what you're desiring can't lead you back to Jesus, you're about, you, you should watch out for that. Crucifixion is the process of making choices that destroy selfishness and pride, allowing those traits to be replaced with love and humility. Hmm. Salvation is not God's ultimate goal for us. Help me, somebody. It is not the finish, finish line. It is only the starting point. A person can be born again, yet refuse to be transformed. So I hear some people say sometimes, yeah, all of those people that act like they're Christians. Let me help you this morning about the people that act like they're Christians. You said it yourself. They're acting like they're Christians. If you see people that's trying to live for God and you don't think they're living for God, ain't no sense of you trying to use them to, to, to generalize everybody else. 
If you see somebody that claimed to be a Christian that's not living a Christian life, pray for them. But don't generalize everybody as being as such. God always have people that's living right. But many times we make those statements because you know what we are telling ourselves? I'll tell you why you make the statement sometimes. Because that's your way of saying, I'm okay, and God got to accept me this way, because nobody can live that way. <laughs> A lot of people think that you can't really live for God. That's just too much. And so you point out everybody that's trying to live for God and doing it wrong. You point them out because that's your case of saying, see, that's why I don't go to church. That's why I ain't got to do all that. I pray. I read my Bible, but I ain't got to go to church because there's too many of them people in there that ain't right. Hypocrites. That's why I don't go. So you think nobody ain't right. And if you think nobody ain't right, you're saying it because you want to be stay wrong. And you, you need to stay wrong so you say nobody ain't right. Because the moment you say somebody right, it means you got to get right. If we don't die to self, we will lose out on eternal life in Christ. We can only experience eternal life if we die to self. The Bible tells us that when we read earlier, for what is a man advantage if he gain the whole world and lose his soul? The Bible talks about we must die to ourselves and pick up our cross daily. Watch this. The Apostle Paul in Philippians 3 and 7 says this. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. The Apostle Paul says, everything that I've gained, everything that I've accomplished, when I start living for God, they meant nothing to me. I count them as dung. It didn't matter. I gave it all up that I may gain the knowledge of God and that I may become a child of God. The Apostle Paul, we read his writing all the time. He says, I gave it all up for him. I suffered loss for him. I suffered pain and hurt for him. Huh. I'm finishing here. Whether we are old media or we are new media, we have to do what we do for God with integrity. We must obey the whole gospel and not some of the gospel. Oh, we love to talk about for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Yeah, that's true and we need to enjoy that. But we need to also read this part that says deny yourself. Die to yourself. Because if we don't do that, we will not gain eternal life. Those who greedily grasp life, refusing to use it to help others and focusing on satisfying their desires apart from God, will find that they have lost what they tried to keep. So here is what you have to focus on. We only live on this earth for a very short time comparing to eternity. When you compare eternity to how long we're living on this earth, no comparison. 
No comparison. And whatever we're doing to preserve this life here in earth, if that's not by turning your life over to Christ, you're going to end up losing your life. They lose eternal life and forfeit the spiritual fulfillment Christ can give. Those who invest their life for Christ and his kingdom will receive eternal life as well as the satisfaction of serving God here on earth. Those who give up control to God find that he fills their life with himself. Listen to me. I told you I'm finishing here. When I gave my life to Christ, when I stopped living according to the world, and I gave my life to Christ, I did not try to figure out what would happen. All I did was stop. Can I tell you a little secret? I'm going to tell you a little secret. Something simple, simple, simple. This just came to me. Something simple. So before I got saved, I was a big drinker, big time. I drank the best of the best, no, no small-time liquor. All to, always top my stuff. And so I used to drink. And I drink all the time. And something I didn't realize. So after I gave my life to God, I stopped drinking. And when I used to drink, I never ate sweets. When I stopped drinking, I find myself starting eating sweets. And so the deal is, somebody told me, Wayne, there was a lot of sugar and alcohol that you didn't realize. So when you was drinking your top shelf stuff, sugar, and you didn't realize it. So your body was intaking a lot of sugar. You, didn't, you had more than enough. But when you stopped drinking, your body almost went in convulsion. It was absent of sugar, no sugar. And so I started doing dessert. And so desserts are just, I love desserts, man. The point is, don't worry about what's going to fill your life when you stop doing this. Don't worry about what's going to happen to your life when you stop doing that. The point is, when you say, God, I want to please you. God, I want to live for you. God, I want to serve you. When you tell him that and you begin to die to those pleasures that are ungodly and you give them up, guess what? God is going to fill your life with stuff. i give you another example. Before I came into the church, I was a typical Jamaican, as the Americans like to say, I had three jobs. And so I worked my three jobs, and I was going to church. But I only went to church on Sunday mornings because my three jobs wouldn't allow me to go to church any other time. And back then we had church on Tuesdays, Thursdays, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and all in between. And so I'm going to church one day a week, and I said I was a Christian. And I'm going one day a week, and I'm like, man, I got to keep my jobs. And I ended up realizing that, if I'm going to grow in God, if I'm going to get stronger as a Christian, I'm going to have to start going to church more. So I had to give up two of the jobs. The craziest thing about it is I had to give up the two best paying jobs. One was me. I used to be a waiter in a restaurant. I had to give up that, rest, that, that, that job. I was making $600 a week waiting tables. And that's a good living because you, you just having a good time making your money. The other one was I was a toll collector on the turnpike. I gave those two up. 
And the one that I kept was the one working in corporate America making $7.25 an hour. But that's the one that gave me Monday through Friday, you know, from 4.30 to 5. That's what I worked. I mean, from um, 8.30 to 5, I worked 8.30 to 5, and I was off on weekends, off on holidays. I had my evenings off. So that allowed me to go to church in every service we had in church, $7.25. But that's about 26 years ago. And since then, the Lord has promoted me. I can't even count no more. How many times he promoted me on the job that I kept that $7.25 an hour job? I kept that because that's the one that afforded me the opportunity to serve God. And today, some people think I don't work. Some people, because the job is so flexible and the pay that they have paid me, I'm blown away. In the height of the pandemic, I got a 30% raise just the other day. Height of pandemic. High the pandemic. When people are losing their jobs, they gave me 30% raise. (laughs) My point is, when the scripture is trying to tell us that when we give stuff up for God, see, we keep on worrying about what we gave up, and we can't think about what God will give us. Oh, my goodness. The devil is making us worry about what we're giving up and focus on, oh, I had this and this is important. And we're focused on what we have and thinking that this is important. And we don't realize God has better for you. When you give up that thing that you think is so wonderful, that's so great, if you give it up and you give it up for Jesus, I am telling you, God will exceed your expectation of what he can ever give to you. He said he will give you more than you can ask or think never in a million years I would have thought that he would allow me to be where I am today with that $7.25 an hour job $7.25 but God has been good to me and God will be good to you when you give up what he's asking you to give up. So you don't think about how much. You know, it's like what the devil did to Eve in the garden. You know what he did to Eve in the garden? This is what he did to Eve in the garden, Rosalie. I always say it this way. Just imagine, Josh, just imagine if there were a million trees in the garden. Just think about that. When Adam and Eve was in the garden, just think about it. A million trees in the garden. And God says, but that one, just leave that one alone. Just leave that one alone. So it means, Josh, you've got 999,000 trees you can eat from. But the one he says don't eat from, the devil got to bring it to your attention. And I'm telling you, the devil is still using that trick today. He is bringing to your attention the thing that you like most when you don't realize God has greater things in store for you. And you need to trust God to bless your life instead of worrying about what you're giving up. I'm done here. Listen to me. I'm almost done, Sister Lillian. I am. Let me tell you this. When Jesus, in case you don't know, Jesus Christ is almighty God manifest in flesh. 
Jesus Christ is not a separate individual from God. He is God Almighty. And so what happened was, in the beginning, he created, he established, and then he had to become human because no human was perfect. So he had to become human because the only way our sins could be forgiven eventually was by him becoming a man and sacrificing his life by shedding his blood because the devil tricked man. So it had to be a man to conquer the devil. So God became a man and he he gave his life. He laid down his life. So he gave a, a life of example. So he came in the world as a baby. He grew up respecting, obeying his parents. And staying in the home and doing what's right. He never disrespected his parents. He never did anything wrong. He never sinned. And then when time came for him to be the sacrificial lamb to be crucified, he, he had one struggle where he said, man, this is hard. And he felt the weight of sin of the world. Not his sin, but the weight of the world. And he went and prayed. Key. Went and prayed and says, if this cup can be removed, nevertheless, not my will, but your will. And he was able to overcome that. And he died. So Jesus Christ lived the ultimate life of example of how you live in a sacrificial life. But here is the key, church. He lived that life to the fullest extent, to its completion. But after he died, he rose. He rose after he died. And when he rose, the Bible talks about how he was now transformed. He had a different kind of body. He was a different. Victory was now in his hands. And I want you to understand this. When we deny self, it's only temporary, church. When I say you died to yourself, it's only temporary. Because just like how the Lord did it in the physical, we will do it in the spiritual, which is to die to all of these pleasure that is ungodly. But the time will come where God will raise us up and we will finally not have to struggle anymore because the body that we have will not be a fleshly body and we will not have to struggle anymore with all the things that we had to deny. We will live a victorious life, but we got to die in order to be saved. We got to die to some stuff in order to be saved. There's no other way. We don't get to heaven just wishing. We don't have a right relationship with God just because God is good. How many people in here love people that ain't loving them back? Many of us love people that ain't loving us back. Or people love you and you ain't loving them back. So loving someone don't mean you're on good terms. You might be on good terms with them. But they might not be on good terms with you. And so God loves everybody. But everybody not loving him back. As a matter of fact, they don't want to be around him. If you don't want to be around him, how are you going to get to heaven? How are you going to get to heaven if you don't want to be around God? Because where he is, his servants will be too. And if you don't like God and you ain't following God, you're not serving God, which means you're not where God is. So wherever God is, his servants are. Wherever God is, the people that died to self, that's where they are. But if you just want to do you, you're not going to be where God is. 
And so the Bible talks about, I go to prepare a place. So the question is, will you be at the place where it's prepared? If he's going and he's saying, you got to die to self to come with me and he's going, where are you going if you're not dead? Listen to me. God loves us. It's his will that we're all saved. It's his will that he have great relationship with all of us. But until we die to unrighteousness, until we die to pride and lust and worldliness, we cannot be with him. Because where he is, his servants will be. And in order to follow him, see, it's hard to follow Jesus because I'm telling you, I said this before, but I'll say it one last time. The reason why it's so hard to follow Jesus is because the reward is not immediately revealed. But when you follow the pleasures of life, the reward is immediate. And so he knows that. And he knows if you don't die to pleasures, following him will not seem rewarding to you. But if you die to pleasures and you realize I'm going to follow him because where he is, that's where I want to be also. You will follow. But you have to die off to yourself. Let's stand. Saved by death. I can take that so deep that I can take it to the point of because of his death, we have the opportunity to be saved. But opportunity is different from actually taking hold of what you've been given. I say it all the time. Watch this today. Good day to do this. Good day to do this. Kaya. Kaya, I would like to give you $20 today. No strings attached, no nothing. Would you like it? It's okay. It's okay. No, no, why y'all talking to her? Don't leave her alone. Leave her alone. Leave her alone. Okay, let me go down the list here. Jada, Jada, Jada. I have $20. Will you like it? Okay. Sherry, Sherry, I have twenty dollars. Will you like it? This is why the Bible says, "Come here, baby. I'm going to show you something." See, we are so messed up. This is why Jesus said, "Suffer the little," because you know they so pure. They are so pure. But all of you had speculation. What is he up to? This church knew I wasn't up to nothing because they know I do it all the time. Here you go, baby. They know I do it all the time because I'm trying to make a point, and y'all never catch the point. The point I'm trying to make is you can't get the $20 if you don't come for it. You can want it all you want, but if you don't get out to your seat and walk up and say, yeah, give me the $20, you can't get it. You cannot get salvation if you don't go and take hold of it. We keep wanting to be saved, but all we're doing is 
just wishing to be saved. Oh, I want to be saved. Oh, that God will save me. But we never go and possess our salvation. Suffer the little children to come unto me. Because he know they're so pure, they will take you at your word. He know us grown up, we're so messed up from all of our experiences, we're just always speculating. We're always just checking. I don't know. What is he up to? What is he up to? Please. Just for, just for y'all um, thing, again, y'all don't know me. When I used to go to the bars and I sat down, Drinks on me tonight. I'm not going to come to God and be a hypocrite. I'm not going to live less for God than I did for the devil. When I was living for the devil, I was one of the best there was. One of the best there was living for the devil. And I'm going to give him fits now. So now I'm living for God, I'm going to show him that it ain't nothing but a word. I'm going to serve God with everything I've got because I served the devil well when I served him. This ain't no preacher that was born in the church and I can, and I don't have no worldly experience. I was in the world and I did it better than you probably. King. World king. So now I'm going to make sure the devil know I'm living just the same, but now I'm doing it for God. As a matter of fact, I'm doing it better and I'm doing it for God now. Instead of doing it for the devil. I, I used to teach people how to drink. I came up with the drinks that they drank. Now, nowadays, people drinking, you know, they, they think they something. They drinking red wine and all this stuff. Please. They had no clue about the stuff that I knew about. I was a waiter, I told you. So I knew everything about all the different kind of wines. I knew every kind of liquor. I knew all that. So all the stuff that they doing, I'm like, watch them. Everybody think they done stepped into another level because they drinking this and drinking that. Get out of here with that. Living for God. Can't, can't mess with me, Trumpy. I'm living for God. All that stuff that they think they're doing, you ain't doing nothing. I wish I could sit around and people come talk to me so I can tell them the difference between the world and the church. Because I'm, 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 I'm the epitome of that. All right. Let me just greet our guest today before I, I pray, before we go. I know I, 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 I greeted, um, I, I greeted um, Kaya. Nice to have you. Sherry and Gary Donaldson. Amen. I'm going to assume over here. Yes. All right. The Donaldsons. Gabriella. Gabriella came for the money. Gabriella, you is it, baby. God's going to bless you all the days of your life. That's right. Jennifer. Where is Jennifer? Jennifer Rivera. Nice to have you, Jennifer. Well, there's two, two kind of names going right there. I ain't going to mess with it, Jennifer. But, you know, I'm a little nosy. I know Rivera means Spanish, and Jennifer probably is Jamaican, so I'm, I'm wondering, is there a Spanish-Jamaican connection? I'm just saying, just don't mess with me. I'm just... Um, Chenille? Chenille? Chenille, nice to have you, baby. God bless you. Amen. Chenille came all the way from New York City. Hey, um, um, Andre, you better be cooking real good today. People came, people came far, far, far. And Jada. Jada. Amen. Jada. They came all the way from Brooklyn, New York. Make sure, make sure you cook real good today, Andre. These people didn't drive down for nothing. Philadelphia and Brooklyn. Philadelphia and Brooklyn. <laughs> we want them to be blessed. Well, I hope you are blessed by the word. Lift your hands with me before we go. We're going to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, 
I pray that the word of God that has gone forth today have taken root into the heart of your people. And almighty God, I pray that every person was clear in the word and that they will have a great response to your word. That they will not just be hearers of your word, almighty God, but they will truly become doers of your word today. I pray for deliverance today. That somebody who is bound, Lord God, somebody who has... Who is in a place, oh God, of bondage. I pray that you will set them free. I feel it in my soul that somebody in here is struggling with a situation. Ah, uh, there's somebody in here that they, you, you've been in a situation for a very long time. And God wants to deliver you from it. This is why he allowed you to hear this word today. God wants to set you free from that situation. Uh, if you will come today, if you need prayer and you want God to touch your situation, God to touch you, you will come. God will touch you today. Father, have your way in this place with every person that will heal and humble themselves and surrender to you. If they will not speculate, but they will just trust you, Lord, and obey you, Lord, and follow you, Lord, and give themselves to you, that they will die, Lord God, to the things of this world that is worldly, that is ungodly, that is lustful. Lord, I pray that every person who is struggling today will just give it up and die. Well, give it up and die, Lord God, that they can live freely, that they can live godly, that they can live righteously, that, Lord, they will be prepared to resurrect when that day comes, Lord God. I pray today in the name of Jesus uh, that somebody will allow the word to change them, that somebody will respond to the word in obedience and faith. Uh, today, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, your will be done, your kingdom kingdom come. Your power to move upon us, Lord God. And that, Lord, our life will never be the same again. Father, hear our cry today, Lord. Hear the cries of your people as to what you will do, Lord God. Hallelujah. Lord, touch Ayani as you have already done. Continue to touch her. From the crown of her head to the sole of her feet, Lord God. Oh, that the power of your spirit will overshadow her, Lord God. And that, Lord, you will make her whole and that you will heal her, Lord. And that you will begin to speak the words of life, Lord God. That you will speak the words of the kingdom, Lord God. That you will speak the heavenly language, oh God. From the crown of her head, Lord, to the sole of her feet, Lord, that she will feel the glory and the power of the Lord. And that, Lord, you will heal her, Lord God, and make her whole. Heal her and make her whole in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, that she will open her mouth and speak, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you today. I praise your name, Lord, for you are good. Your mercy endureth forever, Lord God. As we give you the praise, we give you the praise, we give you the praise. Somebody give the Lord the praise today. Somebody give the Lord the praise today. Thank you, Jesus. If you've never given your life to the Lord and you want to do so, you can come up and see me. We'll prepare you that you can get baptized in Jesus' name. You can get filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Your life being changed never ever to be the same again.
Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. God bless you, church. I pray that God will help you and that God will work mightily in your life. Have a great rest of your day. Those of you that are part of the dedication, you are free to come forward right now. Thank <laughs> you.